Blog Talk Radio. That's one. Uh, welcome to the January 15th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. It's episode number 96. For all the haters who didn't think we'd get this far, y'all can blow me. Um, <clears throat> first off, this show is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you can get Lucha Libre masks, wrestling DVDs, T-shirts, and you can also get the brand-new 2008 shoot interview with Tracy Smothers. Um, this was conducted in, I think it was August of 08, and... Uh, it's insane. Uh, Bergen, you're going to love this one. <laughs> That's all i got to say. Um, I did not conduct the interview. Jeff from Wrestle Warehouse uh, conducted it when he was out for the NWA Legends Fan Fest in Carolina. Uh, it's, from what I hear, you know, uh, Tracy pretty much loses his mind. But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And also our other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com for all your Lucha Libre and Japanese pro wrestling needs. Um, current... AAA, current CMLL, current uh, Lucha Indies, um, everything current from Japan, pay-per-views, whatnot, uh, some good best ofs. Uh, Alfredo will take care of you. Uh, go and check that out, slambamjam.com. And also, for those that are listening, you can go to everybodylovesterry.com 
and join the rest of the podcasters there and in the chat room, and you can listen live as well. Um, I may just drop in there maybe a little later, but I have on the line my first guest to step up and sit down at my round table to discuss the movie The Wrestler. I have Mr. Derek Bergen on the line. How you doing, D? Pretty good, Casey. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you, have you watched the Tracy Smothers shoot yet? No. No one has. Okay. Well, all I'm wondering is that maybe we can get Jeff's opinion on this, because I remember a year or so ago, uh, was it Tracy's wife or ex-wife? You know, she went online and started doing, you know, Tracy has problems, Tracy's mentally imbalanced. And was that just a few between uh, a bitter woman, or was she really a harbinger of, you know, this guy needs a lot of help. I'm just wondering now that it's been a year later and there hasn't been any horrible Tracy's mother stories that I know of, was this girl just kind of nuts or is everyone just overlooking, you know, a serious issue going on right now? As the NWO used to say about, buy the shirt, buy the shoot. <laughs> buy the okay. shoot. Buy the shoot. That's all I got to say. Um, I'm expecting, right. expecting a package from Jeff tomorrow. Um, it would be nice if it were in there. But we'll see what happens. Um, from what Jeff said, he just uh, completely opened up and just blow away. You know, this was like right, right when he was really having his issues. And you know, it's it it could be sad, it, it could be funny, it could be you know who the fuck knows with with Tracy. You know, he he can go off the deep end sometimes. You know, he's just one of those guys, and you know, one too many super kicks to the head, I guess. Have you seen Jeff do an interview before? Is this uh, something a new territory for him, or does he have a uh, you know a history of it? This is the third shoot interview that they put out. I conducted the first two, okay. and Jeff did the third one. So we'll we'll see what uh see what happens. Jeff Jeff is his own worst critic anyway, so you know. But we'll see. You know, Jeff Jeff said it didn't. You know, he didn't like it, but he's his own worst critic. Plus, I, I think. Jeff, I know you're listening. I think you're a better cameraman, but I would like to uh, welcome to the show the owner-operator, conductor-trainer, the man, the myth, the legend, the owner of the Empire Wrestling Federation, Jesse Hernandez. How you doing, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing, my friend? Ah, fine and dandy. We're waiting for uh, Buddy to call in. Uh, I have on the line huh. with us uh, Mr. Derek Bergen, who writes for the Pro Wrestling Torch and Wrestling Observer. Right. So I we remember have a, him. A member, yeah. We we have a member of the media, and we we have. Um, I I don't want to call you old. Well, what what year did you actually break in, Jess? Nineteen eighty one was my first match. Okay, you're not. Well, I guess I guess we could call you true school instead of old school. Well, a lot of people call me old school. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And let's yeah, know. they called me old school. Old let's school Jesse Hernandez. <laughs> we're gonna push. We're gonna push my favorite job guy up up to the up to the Rebel Guard Radio Roundtable, Mr. Buddy Wayne. Welcome to the show, Buddy. Hey, zombie. What's up? All right. I have uh, Derek Bergen on the line from uh, Observer. I have Jesse Hernandez from the L.A. area, and Buddy Wayne. And I have you gentlemen on. We're going to discuss the wrestler, uh, the movie. Yeah. Um, what we're gonna do is uh, I'm gonna bring up topics. And I'm going to pretty much moderate between the three of you. How does that sound? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Okay, I'm going, I'm going to start with um, the, the elder statesman here. Uh, Jesse, since you broke in before Buddy, 
What what was going through your head when you saw Mickey Rourke taping up that blade in the locker room? Wow, man. That uh, that movie would have never been done by any wrestler whatsoever if it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you would have yeah. never seen that. Never. Yeah. Never. What do you think about that? You know? Man? Yeah, no, same thing. I, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I think the same thing. I mean, like, it wasn't described. To me, it, it wasn't, like, described in the movie, like, hey, get some juice or something like that. You know, to uh, to him for the match, and all of a sudden he's just he's just uh, cutting this, this blade and taping it up, and then it took so long. You know what I mean? It, it mm-hmm. you never would have saw this in a movie, like Jesse said years ago. Yeah, never. So what 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 got me? Okay, because I've I've seen I've seen guys you know do up their gimmick, but I've never seen yeah. them put it in their tape. I've never seen that. I've either seen guys, you know, put it in their mouth, you know, old, old, old school, uh, where you put it in your mouth, or, yeah, I've never seen anybody, like, tape it onto their wrist tape. I've seen people hide it under their wrist tape. Yeah, I've never seen it like that. I have always seen it like that. Yeah. Hmm. Very few people would, Goliath, the guy that trained me, would would put it, uh, would put it in his his mouth. Hmm. He would put it in his mouth. Uh, But most of the guys uh, would put it under wrist. Yeah, I've never seen it like like the way it was done in the movie. I see it taped in the wrist. Uh, Jesse, you probably know what I'm talking about, where you pull it out like a, you know, you just pull it out from the tape. But I've never seen it like taped up, like it's concealed, and then this big process of pulling the t- one tape off and then pulling the blade out. I've never seen, I myself never seen that. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the way I've seen it is like if you undo the tape a little bit, put it in there, and then you know, then, then yeah, then you put it back it. over. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, you're right. You know what? I have never, not not in that particular way, because I remember now that it was just a piece of tape, and and he put the the blade right there and then covered it. Inside. You know? uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I, yeah, I just remember that. Yeah. What I what I've seen was the the end of the end of the tape job on the on the on the wrist. Yeah. You know, they would hide it in a little flap there. But um, Mr. Right. Bergen. Um, did did that kind of open your eyes as far as you know the art of of concealing a blade? Yeah, that scene and they're, they're, and these guys are saying it's not totally realistic, but as a viewer, I found it completely realistic. And another legit, I guess, legitimate complaint. I know Gabe Sapolsky just talked about it on his blog today. Was the scene about buying drugs in the locker room? And you know, no offense to, pe- to people who've been in wrestling and wrestlers, but as a movie viewer, as someone who hasn't been in a locker room. That came across as 100% legit, and sometimes it's better than real because that's what we, as a, as a moviegoer, as a person who's watched wrestling, that's what we imagine happens, and so that's what you need to get across. And I think that tape job, a lot of us who you know, don't do the ins and outs of wrestling, it really seemed real. Whether it is what Buddy Wayne does or not, I think it, it was emotionally better as a viewer. I thought it was, it, it was pitch perfect. As in, that's what I assumed it was, and even though it's not as what Jesse and, and Buddy are saying, the movie showed what I thought it was like, and it kind of validated that. So it, it felt real, at least. I've never seen the I've never seen the drug deals like that in a wrestling locker room, but that to me came off like a gym. Yeah, like, a, and I've yeah, seen that in a gym before, yeah, where the, the the bodybuilder came in, whatever he had, all the stuff, mm-hmm. he bought stuff, and then uh-huh. and then it shows him right after that working out. So yeah, that's where I took it. Mm-hmm. So okay. But, uh, 
let's uh, swing <coughs> to that, that topic. Um, all the locker rooms that I've been in, you know, I've seen things past, but not as blatant as that. And, you know, obviously, you know, you just turn a blind eye because that's guy's business. I'm not going to say, you know, you're right or wrong for doing anything. That's, if you choose to, that's cool. But um, my question, I'm going to start with you, buddy. Have you openly seen anybody, you know, do that type of an exchange? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think if you're around, uh, I mean, if you're, you probably see it now, but I remember, you know, like, Working for for uh, for Al Tomko or something like that, and 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 seeing, what, I've seen guys taking shots in the dressing room from for for the juice. I've seen I've seen coke being done, pot being smoked, beer being drank, every, everything. And Jesse probably has too. Um, you'd seen it all, but you were just like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, now now we we're on this subject. I, I'm going to ask. I'm going to start with. Um, with Derek on this one, um, do you think that them including the scene with him buying buying the juice and and doing the doing the shot and then working out right away, do you think that that added to the story? I'm not sure if it added to the story, but I think to a lot of non wrestling fans, like like people like my girlfriend, they always look at me, you know, when we're watching wrestling and they're saying they're all on steroids, John Cena included or, or whoever. And, you know, so to a, to a non-wrestling fan, I think you have to approach the subject that they're taking drugs and steroids or they just won't find it realistic. So I, I don't know if it helped the movie as, as a plot point, but I think it, it gave uh, an introductory to the audience who are waiting for this to happen because they, they all know they're on drugs of some kind and they had to see it in the film. Otherwise, it'd be like that, you know, elephant in the, in the corner that no one's acknowledging. So I think it did help the movie overall, but... I don't know how inherent it was to the plot. Jesse? Well, you know, it, it, it's something that you, um, you know, that we see, that we have seen uh, guys do. It, it's happened, uh, and I think there's the, what they did, they described uh, wrestling the way it really is, uh, as best as they possibly could. Yep, yep. And that, that's what they wanted to do, and that's what they accomplished with that. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Hernandez and Wayne, if I'm stepping over any lines you guys you guys don't want to talk about, please, please speak up and let me know. Well, if this was 20 years ago, neither one of us would be talking to you about this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's but it's, you, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I'm going to start with, with the pervert of the group, Buddy Wayne. Um, tell me, <laughs> do you think they, they could have picked a hotter chick than Marissa Tomei to play the stripper? Uh no, they could have. Of yeah, they could have, but it was perfect. In the context. It, it, yeah, in the in in the concept, you know, the aging stripper, the aging wrestler. You know what I mean? And I, I just think I I think she fit she fit good. You know, especially that one scene where they're they're in like the VIP room and and uh, and the guy goes, "We want the girl with the belly chain, and not you." You know, talking about her being old, yeah. and she's trying to hang on too. So, I think it was good. Jesse? I agree with the same thing. I Pretty much the same thing, yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's an older guy, uh, 20 years past his prime and stuff, and uh, and he's just trying to find some girlfriend out there, and she's going through the same, uh, the same uh, situation herself, or, or only in her own area of work. 
Right, right. Yeah, you can completely tell she's a worker. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn. I mean, she's yeah. a <laughs> Mr. Burger. Buddy, buddy, how do you... Oh, so how do you think that Mickey Rourke looks as a wrestler compared to the majority of people on the indie scene? Because because to me, he looks like he would stand out at a Ring of Honor show. He still yeah. had you know, a wrestling body, so to speak. He wasn't like a girl getting out of her out of the strip club. He was he would have fit in fine in WWE right now, if you ask. Yeah, me. no, I thought the same thing too. And and and, and the whole steroid thing. I thought of the guy trying to hang on, you know, in his forties, you know, and trying to and and or portrayed in his 40s and, and trying to hang on and, and taking whatever he could to to stay booked. And so I I think I think it was perfect. I think it was perfect. He oh yeah, he would have stood he definitely would have stood out. But um um that's what you'd see. You know, he's trying to he's trying to stay in, he's trying to stay in and he's doing whatever it takes to to stay in. Taping up the all the all the taping up and and uh, and the juice and the tan and the always the hair and the you know so I think it was good. It was you know this it was I, I felt his pain by by him stooping so low to to go into a a death match for CZW and you know you can. Yeah, just the way just the way he was talking to Necro in the in the locker room, you know, Necro was being completely respectful and you know, the Ram was the, the fish out of water. You yeah, know, he right. he did, doesn't do the hardcore. Yeah. You know, and he's like, Okay, so uh what about the hardcore stuff? And, you know, I, I just think he was just trying to get paid. Yep, no doubt. Get that lock off his uh off his trailer. Yeah, just just hey, I'm just you know, they, this is what I gotta do and and Unfortunately, that's what that's what they do. You know, that's what they do. Shit like that, and uh, I, I don't like it. But but uh, he was just it's another day. So yeah, Court, Court Bauer was just on a Figure Four Daily talking to Brian about how in like early 2001 or 2002, when he was doing some major league wrestling shows with Terry Funk, they were talking about these no rope barbed wire matches. Terry Funk wanted uh, exploding things in the ring. So he clearly a, a star past his prime can still be seen in that ultra-violent stage in front of 100, 200 people. It's not, it's not something that's science fiction. I think we've seen it in wrestling in little spots. I mean, certainly not Hulk Hogan, but if you take like a Terry Funk, a grizzled guy who came up a different route, I think you can see it happening, you know, with, with uh, Mickey Rourke and Necro. Yeah, even, even uh, you remember like uh, Terry Funk is his last, uh, or one of his last WCW runs, when, when he did that, that, Lights out, whatever it was called, I quit match, whatever flare, and he took all those crazy bumps, you know, and and the Terry Funk twenty years earlier never 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 had to do that. I had to wrestle, but now he knows. Hey, I'm 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 getting older. My knees are are fucked up, and and uh, um, that's what I got to do. So, yeah, the dog and pony show, you know. Yep. Yep. Now. By by watching watching uh, Rourke in that in that hardcore match, um, it kind of reminded me of Gypsy Joe, who who still does that garbage shit because he just can't do anything else. Yeah, it, you know it really reminded me of Gypsy Joe getting his ass handed to him by New Jack, but <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of really bothered me, you know. And and I'm yeah. really glad that 
that a lot of old-timers now are not stooping that low. And I, I have to give credit to, to the autograph session promoters out there. They're keeping these guys going so they don't have to stoop to that shit. Thank yep. God. But, um, you know, that, that autograph session they had in the movie was, was very sad. There were, like, what, maybe seven, <laughs> six or seven boys there, you know, and... Yeah, yeah just a little little uh, circle and and really nobody but it was but it it was it was um it was perfect the way he pulled out the Polaroid camera you know what I mean and it and, and, and uh, he take a picture of me for this and the, and 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 kind of how it kind of how sad you know kind of like hey I, this is what I got to do so well that and, and almost very Almost very realistic as well, too, because, I mean, uh, what about that picture of Virgil sitting there by, uh, you know, at this autograph deal, all by his, little, his little old self there, man. I mean, you know, yeah. that kind yeah. of, that's what came to my mind yeah. when I saw yeah. that scene, yeah. Trying to make yeah. a buck, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you know, and then the, the camera pans around and it shows, you know, the table level. You see the guy with the false leg, the guy in the wheelchair, the old man sleeping. Yeah. It was sad, and it painted it painted a picture that, you know, if, if you don't save, you know, it's not what you make, it's what you save, kids. If you yeah. don't do that, yeah. this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm really hoping that someone in Congress sees this movie and decides, hey, you know, at least just that scene, so that I, I'm, you know, this, the Screen Actors Guild has been in the news lately about the boys. Mm-hmm. And I right. think now they're on TV enough that they should be offered those benefits. Considered oh. actors, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Jesse, you know, uh, you know Al Madrill. Yes. He, he's down there, like somewhere, like in your area, but um, yeah, he's he's not far from where I'm at. <clears throat> he always told me the he always told me the story of uh, of of making money. You know, in the in 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 um, San Antonio and and with the Von Erics making money, and just buying boots and buying the gold and all this stuff, thinking it was never going to end, and it ended, yeah. and and he didn't have it. And I always think of that. I always, you know, he was honest, and I always think of that. I think of God. Yeah, you, you know, I I always had the utmost respect for Madrill. Yeah, um, he's a guy that kind of, um, well, he finished up. Uh, in Oregon, yeah, I was uh, with him. He, he he finished up in Oregon, came back to San Bernardino, and never got involved with wrestling ever again. Yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, I had I received a a phone call from Sandy, uh, the uh, Sandy Barrick, the, Bar. the, the, the yeah. promoter, Sandy Bar. Uh, he wanted to um, pass his MP, you know, his uh, you know, get some the the W nine form to him, you know, uh, for his last year that he worked out there, <laughs> and he had no way of getting a hold of him, you know. Yeah, and yeah. stuff, and. Uh, and I have tried to get a hold of him uh, through a friend of mine that no, that had, had known him for years and stuff, and he will, he would not come around to any shows. Nothing. Uh, they tried to, uh, to get me to uh, invite him to the Cauliflower this last year. No, no response whatsoever. He did uh, the local newspaper out here did a story on him about three four years ago, and uh, and that was it. You know he's yeah. uh, he's uh, doing security work at yeah. uh, at a hospital, San Antonio Hospital over in. Uh, in, uh, I think it's from Pomona or Ontario, one or the other. But wow. uh, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I knew he was going. He was. He he's, he was doing something with his a uh, gun license or something like that for security. 
yeah. for down there, and his mom lived in San Bernardino, and he was uh-huh. moving down. He was going back, and he was done. But yeah. but he it's the funniest part. If if no one probably if you if you didn't know Al Madrill, you didn't know how funny he was. But but yeah. he would bring his suitcase in the dressing room, and then he'd see the sheet like like who he's working, and if he didn't want to work him, he'd hide his suitcase, and then um, like like uh, in Washington, Sandy Barr would go, uh, um, Al, you're not dressed, and Al would go, I, I thought I was an announcer on the TV thing. He goes, No, you're wrestling. And he goes, I'd bring my stuff, and he goes, Okay, just go announce. And Alan, <laughs> Alan laughed like, ah, okay. And, but he was good like that. Yeah, yeah. He was a good guy. Good, good he God, he's a good guy. He he was the guy that he'd be in the he'd be in the ring and and uh, and uh, he'd be working with something like, oh God, one of Sandy Bars uh, and Jesse Bars students who were brutal, and they, you know be grabbing his wrist tight and 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 uh, <laughs> Sandy would go. What do you say, Al? Al says, yes, I quit. He just yell it, just as loud as can be. Just, I quit, please. So, oh, my God. I love, I love Al. I love, God, he's funny. Oh, wow. Now, uh, now I'm going to, this one's for you. Uh, we're going to start with you on this one, Mr. Bergen. Um, what? What did you feel, or how did you feel about the interaction between uh, Mickey Rourke's character with his daughter? You know, I, that's one of the parts of the film I didn't like because I thought it was a, a great sequence where they reconnected. He admitted his failures. You know, I just don't want you to hate me. I thought that's one of the, the one of the strongest lines in the film. And when they were in that little dance sequence and and her grabbing his hand, you know, or cuddling up to him, and then later on in the movie, you know, he he uh, he oversleeps their dinner engagement, comes later on, and she just flips out. I just felt it was kind of unrealistic that it wasn't like he screwed up a thousand times in the last ten years. He just wasn't there, and she had such an impactful day, you know, a, either a day or two before, that I just, it didn't strike me as real as, as all the documentaries or watching any intervention. People don't really act like that. And maybe there's a lot of cutting room footage of, of things he kind of screwed up that they just got rid of because it wasn't really part of the movie. But I just, I was really surprised when he went to our house and she just went apeshit bananas on him because they had such a wonderful day before and it's just it, it didn't strike real for me but other than, other than that I thought it was a great performance by uh, Evan Rachel Wood or whatever it was it was very good yeah it's her coming out party no doubt yeah. um, she she's not getting the press that she deserves for for her part she was exceptional um, yeah what, what did you think of their their honoring uh, or on-screen ke- uh, chemistry Jesse uh, the chemistry was uh, well the chemistry was great uh, you know, it sort of it kind of reminded me that when you talk about this gal here, it reminded me of Jake uh, Robertson, you know, and then his daughter, you know, the the the, the situation, you know, that that he went through, and that was put on that film as well, uh, uh, beyond, the beyond, the mat. The mat, beyond the mat, beyond the mat, huh? It kind of reminded me of something like that, you know, uh, some of it being very very realistic, and and you know, unfortunately, a lot of us guys go through that, you know, yep. we're not there for our kids, you know. Even myself, I'm guilty of that. I, you know, I was never there for birthdays uh, because I was uh, I was on the road. You know, uh, I missed a lot of my son's uh, baseball games. My youngest daughter still holds it against me, you know, for not being there for her. You know, and so uh, it's rough, man. It, it's rough. It, that that whole movie, man. It's a, it's 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 almost like too real, man. It's, it's yeah. That's us. That's yeah. us, brother. 
Yep. She's also yep. a, a lesbian in the movie, and you would think lesbian or veget- vegetarian, you know, there's, there's stereotypes out there where you would think she would understand what it's like to be alone in the world and having a hard time to adjust. It just, it just, you, know, you, w- you wouldn't think a lesbian would just cast somebody out like that and make it a black and white issue. I just thought a rounded character, she would understand a little bit more of what her dad went through rather than she acted like an eight-year-old where the dad was walking out again to go to wrestling show. It just, it just didn't strike real to me, but it was, it was a very powerful relationship, so I think it did, it, did, it did make for a good part of the movie. Right. You're right. Okay. Now, um, the, the, ne- the next part we're going to discuss is the end of the film where uh, Wark was in the ring with Ernest Miller and they were doing their thing. And I don't know. I don't know if the director or the writers, whomever, uh, respected the business too much. So much where they weren't calling spots. Sure, they were communicating, but they weren't calling spots. Did that surprise you, buddy? Um, uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you could have, but but it was good the way the cat was like, slow down. And let's take it home, and you know what I mean, just the way you would. Yeah, not, like not so rough. That was that was great. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I'm putting a chew in. Um, um, I like I like that part of it. I like that part of it where that's how how it was, you know, and, and two two veterans, and you know, one last time, and slow down, and you know, let's God, let's go home, you know, and he, he sees Mickey Rourke, you know, having trouble, and he, let's go home. We give him enough. So, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, Ernest Miller did good, good in it, for, uh, as far as I feel. Yeah, I, I think that 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 they did it correctly. Um, you don't have to throw everything in in everybody's face. Right. You know. Right. Um, they, it, right. I don't think that that the people that that made the movie disrespected the business. I really don't. No. I think they gave they gave an as honest portrayal as possible. Jess, you said that and I'm pretty yeah. sure everybody else on the panel agrees. Yeah. Um, everything was done respectfully and right, right. you know, it's not like... Do you, do you, you guys know, think that the audience would even understand if they called spots and did, you know, when Buddy Wayne starts talking about matches with Brian, that you kind of use that inside speak and you guys can, can rattle off five moves in a row and to people just watching this movie, they'd be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Exactly, you know, yeah. Following exactly. It. it would just confuse yeah. you. Yeah, I think this is a movie for 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 uh, for guys that are into this business or wrestlers or whatever. And um, and um, um, if if you're not, if they started calling spots and doing all that stuff, then they'd be lost. Like, yeah. yeah, like, what the hell? You know, so it was all right. Well, I, I, I agree. Kinda, you know... I think I think Derek has a good point that they dumbed it down. They 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 kept it simple. That yeah. way they're they're telling the story. People aren't gonna you know get all thrown off track. You know this is this is supposed to be this guy's you know you know either a end of the road or b the beginning right. of the road to the show again. So that was the whole point. Now <clears throat> we're gonna start with Jesse. Um, do you think the ending was anticlimactic? It almost left you wanting more, I think. But you know, uh, I, I think it was uh, probably the right thing to do. I mean, the, 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 he t- did the dive, and you know, and uh, t- some of the people that have seen this movie, 
I think expected more. They 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 expect they expected a little happiness uh, at the end of that you know that whole struggle, man. You know you know maybe he hooks up with a girlfriend type of thing. But you know what? It's probably how most of us would want to go. Mm. Those of us that wrestling is in our in our heart, brother. I would I would love to you know if I were to die, I'd like to you know. Uh, that's you know when I started training you know uh, years ago, I knew that an accident could happen and I, and I could die in that ring and I didn't care. I just wanted to be in that ring and neither did my partner, my uh, my my tag team partner you know that started off with me felt the same way you know. This 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 was our destiny you know and if we're to die in that ring we die in that ring. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, no, same uh, same thing. I think uh, just going to black. It was like no happy ending, no sad ending. You know, he didn't die, he didn't, you know, hook up. It just left you like, yes. here, here's I, the I, end. I liked it. I think it's sad if, if you look beyond, because I think they've shown that the stripper who bared herself to him and said, I'm there for you, left. You know, he looked over the sidelines and she was right. gone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And his mentality, of, even though his doctor just said you could die, even though he's in the ring having symptoms of a near-death experience, He's like, I got to get my shit in, you know. That he's still, he he's not coming to grips with the people he needs to really improve his life with his, his daughter and his future, hopeful future girlfriend. Instead, he's doing it for the fans who are just going to leave and go back to their lives. So yep. I, I think it ultimately was it was sad if you if you look yeah. and think uh, of where this guy's head is at at that moment. You uh, you mentioned the promo, Derek. Um, what did you think of the promo that he cut before the match? Uh, that's, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's one of wrestling's problems in, in a nutshell and why things like the Chris Benoit happen. They don't take a minute to see how it's affecting them and, and their loved ones. They're more looking towards the business or looking towards the fans, towards this man, towards whoever, stardom. And, you know, they don't, you know, they don't stop and smell the roses, so to speak, and see how it's affecting them personally, how it's affecting their entire family and their friends, and uh, they get caught up in it. And you're impressing the wrong people because, I mean, even though I'm one of those fans chanting Ring of Honor, you know, ROH, ROH, I don't mean anything to these guys. You know, they need to look out for themselves. You know, Mark Briscoe is going to, you know, spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair if he doesn't slow down a little bit instead of trying to impress me. And I thought Mickey Work was at that point where he just he didn't care about himself anymore. He didn't care about his, his daughter or his, uh, the stripper. He cared about those people in the fans who were, who were always, you know, quote, unquote, there for him. And it's a shame because they're not really there for him. What do you that, think, Jeff? I agree, man. And that's what most wrestlers, I mean, I'm talking about the true wrestlers, but they're not the guys that are just coming into our business right now, stepping in the ring, you know, and making the big bucks, you know, that, that were just, you know, everything handed down to them on a silver spoon. Guys that really busted our asses, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's, those guys will die, man. They don't care about nothing else. They just want to get in that ring. I remember guys like Ken Farber, I don't know if you remember the name, but he, he refereed for the Funks, and he worked the office with the Funks in Amarillo. I remember that, that, that man, you know, when he came out to California, and he had been, you know, around the wrestling business as long as he had, you know, and it, it, it just broke his heart, bro, that, you know, that he could not be a part of the business anymore, you know. And then the diabetes took him down, and then they, they cut his leg, and, you know, he, he loved the business so much that he, he started hating it. You know, but not not on purpose. I think more like, uh, uh, you know, it's like nobody pays attention to me, so you know, I want to destroy it. You know, it, it's just weird, man. But that, that's just the way it is. I don't know if anybody will agree with me, but that's the way a lot of us feel that. You know, yeah. like that. 
All right. Well, you you brought it up, so I'm I'm gonna get Buddy's opinion here. Buddy, would would there would anybody be able to do a blood transfusion with you to get this business out of your blood? <laughs> um, I mean, I love this. I, 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 God, I love it. I love training the guys and and I, I you know, the shows. So I, you know, I don't really care going to the shows, stuff like this. But I, I, I started in '85 and I love this business. And I, I remember, I remember those days. You know, the the days, fifty bucks a night and and traveling two thousand miles a week. And God, I just loved it. that. I, I, you, you could have paid me nothing, and I, and I probably would have still done it. And and um, I don't know. I, I I love I, I I don't know if I love what I what you know everything I see now, but um, but back then I loved it. There was no schools back then too, so getting in was was hard. Okay, so Jesse, you you mentioned that you you had children when you were younger, uh, buddy. Uh-huh. You waited until later in life to have kids that you yep. know of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You never know. There might be some little buddy rats running around, but yeah, you waited until you were you were later in life. Yeah. To start a family. Yeah. Um, now. And get married. Yeah, and get married. Jesse, yeah, so same um, thing. When when Jesse, when did you get married and have children? May I ask? I I got married in 1970, and I started uh, I started training in '79, uh, and and I trained for two years before my first match. And by then, I already had a family. Mm-hmm. I had kids and okay. stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So I came in a little late. I was 29 years old when I started uh, training, and I was 31 when I started wrestling professionally. Okay. Wow. See, so we we have both sides of the spectrum. Buddy, do you mm-hmm. think that you would have been able to go on the road like you did back in the day, you know, for, for Tomko and then uh, for Condello? Would you have been able to do that shit? If you were married, um, yeah, but I, I've been a, just a horrible dad, you know. And, and it, it, I never cared about that stuff. Never cared about, you know. I was seventeen. I never cared cared about a wife or, or kids. It was a business, you know. I didn't, I didn't care um, owning a house. I didn't care none of that stuff. I, you know, cared about the business, and and that's why I waited till till after the back surgery. And then I, then I went. Okay, now it's time to, now it's time to, uh, wind to, down. Uh, yeah, time to, time to live life, you know, and and settle down. So. Now, Jesse, um, you you being a father and a husband, um, are you able to separate separate the business and your family? Um, I was able to. Uh, when I was more active, you know, I, you know of course. Uh, right now, I think the the only thing that keeps me in, uh, that keeps me sane is that I'm still somewhat involved in the business. I got a wrestling school. I got a wrestling promotion, and and you know what? And I, uh, if I didn't have that, I don't know what where I would be, man. I'm mean, you know because it's something that uh, being around the business is something I that somehow I need to do, you know. And, and I'm very fortunate to to have a the support of my family now, you know, with my wife, uh, you know, she helps me at the shows and stuff. She sells merchandise and stuff. So it, it's, it's good, you know, it's, it's good that I'm, that I'm able to, uh, and my kids, my, my, uh, 
course, my my older my my second to the oldest, he's uh, he he's always there with us, you know, helping out as well. Is he gonna break in? No, he tried. He trained for a while years ago, but he didn't like the the pressure, you know, <laughs> the exercises and stuff. He couldn't, you know. And then now, of course, with his work and everything, he just can't do it. It's it's got to be tough to be El Eo Del. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you watch yeah, Heroes of World Class, and you won't want any of your kids to get anywhere near wrestling. See, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a it's a shame that he did because he's a he's a he actually six foot one, six foot two. He's a he's a tall kid, man. Uh, you know, compared to me, he's <laughs> well, yeah. a little guy. <laughs> yeah. The, the the thing the thing that I, I respect about Buddy is that you know I I know that you let your your son you know watch watch things and whatnot yeah but then I'm pretty sure that you're like me you're protective of your son as well oh yeah because we know yeah I mean I wasn't a worker but I spent plenty amount of time around the boys and I know you know the good the bad what not to show my son and, right you know we. Fuck, buddy. You and I both learned from our mistakes, brother. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll tell you that. Yep. We don't need to get into details, but I'll tell you that. And yep. uh, I commend you because you your son is around, but he's not picking up the bad stuff. No. Now, he, yeah. He has fun at the school, and he has fun with the guys. All the guys take bumps for him. He's three. I still, I, I still pop when when you talk to Brian about that when when the when the guys take bumps for the little kid. I oh, they, they all get in there and. He just runs around, just hits him in the leg, and they fall, and he just loves it. And, and uh, but that's it. You know what I mean? It's not like he he, he takes no bumps or nothing like that. And then then okay, time to go back in and watch SpongeBob. So now now if when when your son grows up, I'm assuming you're going to make him go to college first. Would you let him break into the business? Sure. Yeah, if you want to. I guess if he wanted to, if he, if he, if you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say no, no, you're not, you know, if, if you know, give it a shot, if you, if you want to, my, my nephew, I actually raised my nephew, and, uh, and he was with me for, God, for, through the, through the 90s, and, and uh, he wanted to, he wanted to uh, get trained, he was like 16 at the time, and he was in school, and I said, "Just finish your school, okay? Finish your school." And then, uh, then college came up, and and he was a good basketball player. And I said, "You know, go to college, and then when you're done with that, come back." And now he's in Iraq. So, um, finish everything first, and then and then uh, then we'll see. But yeah, unlike me, who was an idiot and, and didn't finish high school to do this shit, but. Make them do do the other stuff, and then if they want to do it, give it a shot. Go ahead. Because it's not like it, it, it. And Jesse will agree with me, with me here. It's not like it was 20 years ago. You know, where you, yeah. we uh, the kids got on the road and, and you did everything wrong, and and now it's you really gotta you you gotta bust your ass to make it. So. I agree. You almost have to have like like a diploma in this business. <laughs> Mm-hmm, and back mm-hmm. then, you learned as you, you know, you, you, each match you had, you learned. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. God, yeah. Bobby, can, I, can I ask uh, Buddy and, and Jesse a question? Jump on it, Derek. All right, man. In The Wrestler, I thought there was a lot of subconscious and, and overt references to 
to Mickey Rourke's character really being stuck in a year he was probably super famous in, maybe 87. You know, they had the, the conversation at the bar where, you know, they hate 90s music, they, they miss the 80s. At the, at the convention, you know, there were subtle things like he had VHS tapes of him. You know, who, who the buy is that? Who goes to a payphone? you know, to call people, you know, yeah. it just wasn't in today's world. Do you find, as a people who wrestled with wrestlers from the 80s, from that era, are, are some of them still stuck in a time warp and they just don't want to admit it's, it's 2009 or they just haven't changed, changed with society and they're, they're really way back there still? Okay, before they answer, before they answer, buddy, you need to take off your Zubas and your fanny pack. <laughs> okay, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead, buddy. No. No, Jesse, go ahead. Answer, answer it. <laughs> well, the, you, the the line broke up a little bit, so I, you know, I didn't quite under, understand the whole question, you know, uh, and I didn't want to interrupt him if he was going 100 miles an hour. Just oh, repeat briefly, it's like part of it, not too much. It's enough where I can answer. Uh, guys, guys that are stuck in the 80s, do do you see anybody, you know, out there still? Oh, you know, absolutely! I'm one of them. Yeah. I'm one of them. I still wear the fanny pack. I can't get 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 rid of the damn thing, man. It's just part of me. It's the fanny pack is part of me. You know, uh, a lot of us are are pretty much stuck on the on the in the eighties, for sure. <laughs> sure. If you're yeah. a rapper in the eighties and 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 if you're still in the business or still around, you know, uh, hanging around the business, then you're 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 wearing a fanny pack and you're still stuck. <laughs> For sure, yeah. for sure, brother. Yeah. Buddy, how, Never how about the scene where he's playing the wrestling video game in his trailer, which was kind of like a subtle nod that he, he's on an old Nintendo system, but also that he has no one his age to relate to, that he really needs that fame he gets from kids, or, or maybe he just he can't he can't interact on in an adult level. Do you think wrestlers that you've met, do you think they can go into society and bars and hang out with real people? Or they need to be around fans. They need to be around someone, you know, who idolizes them instead because they just don't know how to act as a human being anymore. Um, I just, I, my, I mean, just uh, speaking for myself, I mean, I don't want to interact with regular people. You know what I mean? They don't, it, I think totally different than them, if that makes any sense or, you know, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't have... I have uh, I have some friend you know some buddies who are just you know construction guys or whatever and and uh, but but I I mean going out to the bar to with with just normal dudes and I not my thing so okay and as for me I I normally do not talk about wrestling people may if people recognize me and of course they start the conversation uh, but I don't promote it I I go to the gym and, you know. Sometimes I, I kick back in the swimming pool or the whirlpool or whatever, and people are talking about wrestling, you know, and they have, you know, they, you know, uh, they they have no idea who I am and who I've met and who I, you know, I know in this business, and they're talking about this, you know, the the stars now. And if they only realize that I know most of those guys, you know, and, yeah. And, but I I I don't say nothing. I just keep it to myself and and stuff. And uh, now, of course, if they if they recognize me, and I'll kind of uh, I'll talk to them a little bit, and then I'll find a, an excuse to get them out. I really. I talk yeah. wrestling with my students, with my with people around me, you know, that are close to me. But yep. I, for some reason, I'm just that way. Nope. Same thing. Amen. Amen. There. Now, is that is that because you you're you're old school and you grew up in the Cape era? I, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm I'm very very old fashioned, very old school. 
and uh, and I don't like to discuss because they're going to ask the stupid the stupidest questions, and I hate the stupidest questions. You know, is wrestling fake? It's you know, gosh darn man, if they take a if they take a backdrop, you know, and they go flying ten feet up the, up in the air, do you think they're not going to get hurt? Of course they're going to get hurt. You know, but you got to know what you're doing, and you know, and I, I don't want to get into all the details with them, so I just rather avoid people like that. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the movie needed to address that fake question right away, which is why you had that wonderful scene in the indie locker room with them all going over it. Because I think the majority of non-wrestlers, they would have been like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fake going into it. And the movie says right up front, yeah, we know it's fake. And right, now move right. on. Let's go on to the story now. Right. <laughs> yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. They, they, didn't, they didn't throw it in your face all the time. You know, like That's the media right. has done for fucking years. Just so you know, with me, with with me and in, in the school, uh, I'll talk about stuff from from the '80s, and yeah, and yeah. it it almost makes me mad that I the guys go, I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you know, yeah. talking about you know talking about whatever, what well, you know you know from the '80s, the Four Horsemen or or something, and they're, they're they look at you like, you yeah, know, like we know John Cena or yeah. we know Randy Orton or whatever. Yeah, and they, I go. They, they only know two years ago from what, what's ha- yeah. what's happening when from the time that they started getting in the business or whatever, uh, or learning about the you know uh, watching TV or whatever. But I mean, they they have no history no. of the past, you know. Or they, or they ask you the question. They go, "Did you did you wrestle every day?" And I and I go, "You don't know about territories or or how it was or," and it baffles me. I'm just like, "Oh, it irritates me," you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Then you gotta explain it, and then it's it's almost like they don't. It's like it's hard to believe, hard for them yeah. to believe. Like there there was twenty some territories when you started, and you can go here and go here and try to get in here, and and you you know it was cutthroat, and they, they don't understand it. No, they don't. So, um, they don't. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch gears off of the movie, and we're gonna talk about training. Um, I know when Jim Cornette owned OVW and was. <coughs> He made sure that everybody watched the Bill Watts Shoot interview, watched his Midnight Express tapes that you have, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, he gave curriculum to his students. Now, I'm going to start with you, Jess. Do you believe in that? Yes. I believe in, 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 in letting the guys know. If they're my students, I want them to know as much about the history, about, about everything about the business, you know, as far as, you know, uh, how to put a match together, Everything. Yep. It's my duty to, uh, especially my students, to 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 give them that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, buddy, and I'll, I'll sit there and just talk to them, you know, about it. There you go. And buddy, I I know you're a student of the game, brother. You're, you know, yeah. you're like me. You're you're stuck in the '80s. But there's no, no just wrong with that. just just uh, just yesterday, just just I have them come over and they'll come over a little early and and show them old old uh, old tapes and and show and. and so they understand why you're saying it, you know, in the ring, like, you know, flying head scissors, they, they have no idea what it is. I go, now watch these guys, watch Midnight Express, yeah. the best mm-hmm. there was, you know, and, and watch, watch this, and watch that, and, and I'll sit there and just make them watch old stuff that I know they've, ne- they've never seen, so I, I truly believe in that. Yeah, I, I don't know if they do that in Florida, in the developmental. I don't know if they no, do it. No, hell no. Um, it my okay my issue with WWE 24/7 is that they show some current things you know it's not all 
old NWA, old AWA, uh, Smoky Mountain. They show some, you know, newer stuff. I think it should be all old school before 1990, and I think it should be mandatory that everyone under developmental contract should have to watch that stuff and give a report. That way, you're able to learn not just in the ring with your instructors, but you can also learn by watching tapes. And, you know, and, and Cornette is a firm believer in that, and so am I. And, um, I'm very sure, you know, buddy, you're, you know, you have screenings at your place all the time. You're, you yep. constantly have something, something playing. Uh, yep. You know, I, I think that, that the guys now would, uh, would be better served to, to be able to watch that classic stuff because you never know how the business is going to turn around and change. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to keep up with the times. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, um, Kid Zombie, I don't understand. You just said you you never know when the business is going to change. So you have to keep up with the times. What does that have to do about watching, you know, 1970s wrestling, 1980s wrestling? You know, you need to be watching Dragon Gate, for example. You know, you need to see what the kids are going to want to watch next, not what your father watched or your grandfather. I think one of wrestling's biggest problems is that the kids turning on to Raw today, they've seen the same show I was watching in, you know, 97. You know, wrestling just doesn't change enough. I think they need to – I understand what you're saying about knowing your history, but in another way, you need to look at something new and not only what has been done before. You know, you know forge a new path, not go over one that everyone has seen a thousand times. Well, I mean, nothing's new in professional wrestling. Okay, yeah. nothing is new. You know, everything's rehashed and recycled. It's just changed, slightly tweaked, and then it becomes new again. And if, I, if I may say so, if I may say so, I think sure. the kids are watching that. Everything that the, the, you, this gentleman just said, they're watching mm-hmm. it. They're, they're watching Dragon Gate, but they watch it at home. You know, they, and, and, but they need to also see, uh, you know, see the old stuff as well because uh, they can learn by that. They, you know, and... Gosh darn! Even uh, I, I hear that uh, even in WWE, they they, they eventually want to take it back a little bit old school. You know, uh, they they don't like the the, the fast uh, style that sometimes they're you know they're these younger guys are taking. You know, and, and they needed to take it back down, back down to the roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's that all going to going to end? So somebody gets crippled? You know, some of this crazy stuff that some of these uh, guys are doing. It's, it's crazy. You know, you can have a heck of a match without having to do so much. Yep. Now, Mr. Bergen mentioned Dragon Gate, and there are a couple of boys that that, that work for you rather regularly, Jesse. The Young Bucks, um, Matt and Nick Jackson, young, energetic, full of talent. Um, they can do that Dragon Gate stuff, but I've also seen them slow it down and work methodical, yeah. Midnight Express-style tag work. Um, wh- what are your feelings on the Bucks? On the Bucks, they, they they change wherever they go. They change with the style that they're they're competing with. You know, uh, if they go to Japan, it's a different style than if they were, if they were wrestling at some small promotion out here, perhaps. You know, and uh, this this these guys are the future. I'm telling you, these guys are great. Uh, they just became our EWF uh, tag team champions this last week, and uh, they're also PWG champions. And you know, they they keep going back to Japan a lot. And these guys are great, and and they know you know. They know when to be fast, and they, they also know when to slow down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing because they're so young. Yes. 
You know, I mean, they're they're pretty much still in diapers. You know, pretty they're much. what nineteen and twenty one. Mm-hmm. If that, it's 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 amazing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, buddy, uh, you're you're a proponent of of the slow it down. You know, let's let's work. Let's do this um, type of style. I'm not going to say old school because I believe it's true school. Okay, that's what wrestling is for me. Yeah. But now you're a proponent of that. I've seen I've seen a lot of your work with different, many varied opponents. Okay, Michaels, uh, Razor, uh, Tajiri, yeah, a bunch of different guys. And tell me, um, you when you're training your students, okay, I know you teach them the basics. Okay. Yep. But then, at what point do you start to you know show them? teach them, you know, stuff for that next level. When they have the basics down. When they can go, you know, because, because Jesse knows this. Uh, WWE uh, TV, if, if they put you on a, a, a dark match, let's say, and they'll tell you, give us six minutes of wrestling. And they don't want, they're not talking about a moonsault. They're not talking about a, um, whatever, a dive to the outside. They, they say six minutes of wrestling and and the second it it you you don't do that you take it home and so they want to see you wrestle they can teach you the other shit but they want to see the basics the tackle drop down you know the 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 good lock up the hitting the ropes good uh you know just they want to see that stuff they figure they can teach you teach you if they want they want you to do a moonsault they'll teach you it if they want you to do a, a whatever a flip they'll teach you it um, but but they want to see what they have to work with. Very Am I right, Jesse? And he's completely right. They don't they don't want to see these guys fly all over the damn ring, out of the no. ring, and down to the floor. Not at all. No. They want to see if they can if they can uh, uh, run the ropes and just like everything you said and, and how to wrestle. If they can wrestle and if they can sell, that's more 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 important than anything else. If they can sell, how well they sell. Yeah, you know anything else could be taught later. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you you brought up selling. Now I'm going to start. I'm going to start with you first, Jesse. Um, what body <coughs> body part do you honestly feel should be used the most when selling? Uh, what body part? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, darn, in selling. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where you know you sell whatever, wherever they hit you. Wherever they hit you is what you're going to sell. If they hit you in your back, you're going to sell your back. If they, they hit you in the stomach, you know. But you, you work your whole body, man. And you you work your opponent will work your whole body, perhaps, you know. But you gotta you gotta break it down. If they kick you in the leg, allow the guy to sell that leg. Don't yep. hit him in the stomach right away because you know then you're taking you know he's going from here to there. You know you take your time. Kick him in the leg. Let him sell the leg. Step back. Let, let people watch him sell that leg. And then he come in, kick him in the stomach. Boom, step back so people can watch him sell that, you know. Don't rush your opponent. A lot of the guys, they're rushing everything. They're rush, rush, rush. And what the hell are you going to sell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yep. think, I think it's facials. Okay, facials? That's, that's the, yeah, the face. The face oh, okay. tells a thousand <laughs> stories. I mean, fuck, yeah. look, at, look at Regal. No one better. Yeah, there's no one better than than William Regal. Yeah, uh, just just amazing, and that's that's what I can't 
I, I just don't see on TV now. How can you properly tell a story in the ring in five minutes? You can't do it. But you know, how do you sell? How do you sell a, a hit to the stomach that, that that really hurts? You sell it with, along with your face. You use your your arms to clench your fist, and oh, and it's like you got a, a real tough stomach cramp. You know, it's like oh, you know. But you you utilize your body. You 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 kind of bend the, and 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 you kind of uh, put put a little uh, strength in your in your wrist and your 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 fist and everything as you as you're doubling over. And the same thing, if they hit you on your back, you arch back, you're selling with your face, but you're also selling with your, with your body. Mm-hmm. You've got to utilize your whole body. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays you see the, you see the uh, shots in the stomach, and then as soon as they get ready to do something else, it's over. And yeah, it's like, yeah. next move, let's go. Yeah. Boom, 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 yep. yeah. That's why Shawn Michaels is still good. Yeah, That's why I mean, Shawn Michaels... If you just sell your face, but you don't sell with the rest of your body. I mean, you know. You yeah. Know, yep. You know, yep. You use the whole body to sell. Yep. That's what I, that's what I tell my guys. Not just your face, but everything. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, this uh, this will wrap up the roundtable uh, uh, part of the show. Uh, Mr. Hernandez, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure thank you. to talk pro wrestling. EmpireWrestlingFederation.com. The most. I'm going to go on the record. The fuck with Ring of Honor. The EWF is the most successful independent promotion in the United States, and the numbers don't lie. That's right, but we've been around for many years. And then some, <laughs> and you will not go anywhere. But thanks for coming on, Jess. It was a, a tremendous, tremendous talk. Buddy Wayne, we will Mr. Ginsburg. Yep, hey, you guys. You guys, well, well, guys. Yeah, Jesse and Derek, thank, thank you, you guys very much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, and uh, Zombie, thanks for having me on. Hey, man, BuddyWayne.net, if you're anywhere near the Pacific Northwest, Buddy will train you. If you're anywhere in Southern California or pretty much the Southwest, Jesse will train you. Uh, these are one of the two schools that I do recommend, just because if you're going to get trained, you need to get trained properly um, you so you can call yourself a wrestler. There you go. There we go. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye. Thank right. you. All right, that was Buddy and that was Jesse, Mr. Bergen. Yes. What's going on? Not too much, man. Very, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Here's just what I want. I want to throw this out though, because I I totally understand where you're all coming from on on watching the the wrestling's past, but if you apply it to anything else, you'll see I don't think it works. Because am, am I breaking up on your end? No, you're good. Okay, Nick at night, nobody watches it comparatively. They're watching Lost, you know, they're watching Heroes, they're watching the newest shows, The Office, My Name is Earl. New things applied to old uh, cliches or whatever, or templates that have worked in the past. And I just think that it's kind of naive for wrestling to just say, let's go back to what worked, rather than doing what Hollywood and doing what TV does, and at least adding things that no one has seen before. You know, Wrestling Society is X. For as much crap as it got, at least it showed us a different way of looking at wrestling. And I hope that the next time, like your NWA show with Big Vision, I hope that they, they take the lessons learned and try to attract a new audience or show the kids of today that this isn't your dad's wrestling, this isn't your grandfather's wrestling, and it's something that you can attach yourself to. I just think that we've changed so much in the last 30 years as, as a culture and as pop culture 
that we can't go back and say, well, it worked for Vern Gagne, it worked for Vince McMahon Sr., it worked for Jim Crockett, it'll work now, because I think we've all seen it all. It's time for something else. There you go. You can find uh, Mr. Bergen's writings at WrestlingObserver.com and PWTorch.com. Mr. Bergen, it was always a pleasure. Yes. Thank and, you. And uh, everyone go to WrestleWarehouse.com. They have those awesome masks this week. I, I personally got uh, a Rey Mysterio San Diego mask, and it's basically the San Diego Chargers mask, and it's the greatest thing I now own in my life. I love WrestleWarehouse.com. <laughs> Thanks for the Thanks for the cheap plug-in, Jeff. Appreciates it, but we'll have to have you on again in the in the future. Maybe we can talk a little Ring of Honor since the the product will be changing very soon. Sounds good, Zombie. Have a good one. All right, brother. Okay, that was a member of the wrestling media, Mr. Derek Bergen. Okay, Gabe. I know you're on hold. I have to catch my breath. I'm getting blown up here. Oh boy. Okay, I have on the line the owner operator, the man, the myth, the legend behind. Pro Wrestling Revolution, Mr. Gabe Ramirez. Gabe, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Oh, boy. I'm blown up. Jesse Hernandez ran me in a circle. <laughs> Damn old Just guy. Doesn't really do that, so you got to watch out. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's cut right to the chase, brother. You have a big show uh, this coming Saturday night, tomorrow night, at the John O'Connell High School. Right. And who do you have on top? Oh, man. Well, we got a little bit of everything. I guess, like, you know, we spoke in the past. I try to give a little bit of everything, you know, to the show and, and to the to the town we're in, the city we're in, you know, what have you. I mean, you know, we have El Hijo de Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, his dad, taking on the Spectro Jr. and Septiembre Negro Jr. You know, but, I mean, you also have Oliver John taking on Mr. Wrestling number four which is going to be an incredible match. I mean, you got Michael Modest taking on MPT. I mean, that alone, it's like, uh, you know, matches, you know, that uh, you just can't go wrong with. And then on top Gabe, of all that, we have a... Uh, Gabe, you got Mike booked, brother. I'm there. So, yeah. <laughs> enough said. Yeah. It's Michael Modest and MPT, you know. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, I think it, it might get lost in the shuffle, which I don't see how it could. But, I mean, we got Rachel Saeed, you know, uh, debuting from TNA. Taking on Rain, and if you're a fan of female wrestling, and you know not solely you know the, the diva side of it, but actually wrestling, then you got to come out and and watch that match. And that match alone is well worth uh, the price. I mean, but we have such a, a, a incredible roster and a bunch of great guys, and such a solid show planned out with a little bit of everything for everyone. And I can't wait, and definitely looking forward to seeing all this, you know, good faces that we saw last time we were in San Francisco and hopefully make, you know, make some new faces as well. Okay, you are, um, you're bringing up a, <clears throat> a car full of guys from San Diego, um, and you have a four-way match book, Sidereal, who is the artist formerly known as SoCal Crazy, taking right. on Tito Aquino, taking on Rick Luxury, and a mystery opponent since Chimera is out with an injury. Um, have right. you filled that spot? Yes, we have. And that spot is being filled up by uh, Shinobi. Awesome. Cool. Cool. You know, so it's, and it's, also, it's a, I mean, it's a bummer, obviously. I mean, I really want to have Chimera out here. I, I think he's so talented. And I, I think it's just a, a matter of time, you know, with the you know, right exposure, right booking, that uh, he's going to make, make a, you know, a little name for himself. Obviously, it, it is wrestling, and no matter how good you can be, you can always be overlooked. I think he, he definitely has a, a, def, a special ability, and 
and a passion that you know that you just can't teach people or or you know instruct how to you know mimic. You know when you got passion, you know that makes you stand out from everybody else. And when I watched him wrestle last year, I go, huh, a little bit more time. And I watched him, you know, towards the end of last year, you know, like, oh, wow, I think he's ready, you know, and I wanted to bring him up. And unfortunately, uh, he hurt himself. But I definitely, you know, as soon as he's uh, back and ready to go, I'll definitely have him on our shows again. Mm-hmm. Chimera is known as the YouTube baby because uh, he got himself booked in Germany off of uh, his YouTube videos. Good. So for I mean, those kids out there, Put those highlight reels on YouTube. Promoters do watch them. You know that's the truth. Um, no, I mean you're you're also bringing kind of exposure. I mean a, a, a lot of the talent nowadays. Um, you know some are. Uh, I guess you can call them lazy. You know some are lazy. Some expect people to do it for you, and well, they expect fans to do it for you, and you know no one's gonna take care of you the same way you do. You know, and so you gotta be out for yourself and take care of yourself. And you're right. You know promoters do look at stuff and. I don't know how many times, you know, wrestlers send me, uh, you know, hey, you know, can you please book me? I'd love to work for your company. And uh, 10 out of 10 times, there's always a link to a YouTube video, you know, showing their last match or a highlight reel or something. You know, so, uh, you, you know, you got to let them know you're there if you want them to bring you in, you know? There you go. There you go. And also, you're using cool imagery from San Diego, uh, Hector Canales and Ricky Mandel. Um, right. They're taking on Rock of Love, Billy Blade, and Caden Anthony. I think this match may steal the show um, because Cool Imagery, are they're on the cusp of blowing up as well. Um, they've been programmed for a while in San Diego for SoCal Pro Wrestling with the Ballards, and there's no better team to learn from than the Ballards. I think they're going to really surprise the fans tomorrow night uh, with that match. Um, How would you come about... Um, booking them? You know, being part of the NWA, you know, the whole idea is is to one, you know, one hand, you know, helps the other. And I've known Jeff for quite some time now, and um, before he became, you know, NWA associate, you know, obviously, you know, when I started Revolution, I became NWA sanctioned. And uh, I always talk to Jeff and just want to see what he's up to. I mean, we pretty much share similar, you know, ideas and what we do. He has a promotion, and obviously we, I have a promotion, and he has Wrestle Warehouse. I have the one-stop Wrestle Shop. You know, so we, we pretty much have, you know, similar ideas going on what we're trying to do. And so I, I looked at some talent, and I saw him online, you know, on YouTube, what have you. And then when we were down at the uh, NWA TV tapings, I got to meet some of his guys and so on. And they're very humble, very nice. And a lot of these guys, you know, uh, for example, Hector Canales and Ricky Mandel, you know, they're, they're decent young guys, but on top of that, they have really good looks. And, uh, you know, and, and for me, that's very important because, you know, you, you always want to put someone on those flyers and posters or in the ring that actually looks like a pro wrestler. And uh, Canales and Ricky Mandel definitely have that look, and they have a good chemistry as a tag team. And the whole idea is to help each other out, and, and Jeff will be working some of the guys that we use down here up in his area, and I wanted to make sure that I brought some of his guys and give them some exposure out to these fans out here and just give them a different taste of what they normally don't see in our area. I definitely think cool imagery, and uh, eventually when the Chimera gets, you know, up and at them, and obviously, you know, that talent base I'll be using on a regular basis, and let's see what happens. You know, it's always fresh, you know, and, and fun to have new faces in, in, in different places. You know, so let's see, what, let's see how they handle it. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully they're excited just as much as I am and, and you are. 
But, uh, you know, I am looking forward to that match. I do think that has potential. But when you look at that match, though, Zombie, I mean, look, I mean, you got you still have Modest and MPT, which is going to be hard you know, to, to, to beat that. But then you got Mr. Wilson 4 taking on Oliver John. I mean, how can you beat that? And that's, you know, those are the type of matches that, you know, that I, I love to see. But then at the same breath, you have our, you know, Hijo de Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio Sr. giving, you know, the, the, the fan base in San Francisco what they want to see. You got Rage to say, this is rain. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here, you know, that I just can't wait, you know, to, to, to have the show. I haven't had a show since November. We took December off because of the holidays and what have you. And, you know, we're starting 2009 on the right step. Let me see what happens. Sounds like a really good mix. And you, you're going along the lines as, as Dave Marquez does with the TVs and, and even down south where you're mixing, mixing in the luchadors. You have your, your tag teams. Then you know you have your your big time singles. Um, it's it's a a really well rounded card, and that's that makes me hyped up because I'm gonna get my lucha. Okay, I'm gonna get you know the Mysterios all over the place. Okay, that's gonna be a wild brawl. Okay, gonna have cool imagery and uh, Rock of Love with a good old fashioned tag match in the beginning. You're gonna see Oliver John kill Mr. Wrestling Four. <laughs> I will be rooting for Oliver John. Because uh, Oliver John, I'm, I'm going to go on the record. I think Oliver John will become the next NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And that's just my opinion. That's no insider scoop. That's just my opinion. Because Oliver's ready. Now tell me. Oh, I mean, why, Oliver's why more than ready. Oliver's more than ready. Signed? Why is he not signed to WWE contract? Uh, it, you know, it, it's difficult to... Um, to even try to figure out why people are signed. I mean, you can instead of trying to figure out why people aren't signed, sometimes you can get lost in trying to figure out why certain people are signed. You know, uh, wrestling's uh, an unpredictable beast, and you can't try to figure it out because if you do, you're going to end up, you know, with a really giant headache. You know, you got to just let let things be the way they are. It is what it is, and sometimes you got to move forward. But God, Oliver John definitely has the ability, the look, the experience, the training. Um, he's very humble, and I mean, everyone knows that who has ever wrestled Oliver John or come across, you know, meeting or working with him, whatever you want to call it, Oliver John by far is is there and ready. And and you know, I agree with you. I do think Oliver John, you know, has the ability and and potential to be the next NWA World's Champion. You know, I'm there with you. Trust me, I'm there with you. I can't wait to see the match. The match with Blue Demon. I cannot wait to see it. You know they uh, they had you know a, a match at the TV tapings and uh, I, I'm telling you that was an incredible 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 match, incredible yeah. match. Uh, it was just it was just so awesome to watch them work together because that was their first time ever in the ring, and it was magic. You know, and it's very and sometimes you know you come across you know on paper an incredible matchup and then they get in the ring you're like oh what a cluster oh that didn't work. And they got in the ring for the very first time, and it was just, it just it just clicked from beginning to end. It was an incredible match. And uh, in February, I mean, I don't want to bypass our show on Saturday, but in February, we do have uh, Oliver John taking on Blue Demon in King City. Ah, road trip. <laughs> it's road definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be a match, you know, that I wanted to see happen again. I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of my show. You know, I saw how special it was at the TV tapings, and you know, I'm not ashamed to say, hey, you know. I'm jealous. I want that on my show. So we do have Blue Demon booked and confirmed, and he'll be taking on Oliver John. That's tremendous. That's tremendous news. 
that should be should be fun. Um, now, as far as the the NWA TV, we we know it's going to be on satellite. Um, we know it's going to be on the Colors Network uh, website and the NWA website, and among other places. Um, do you think that the the TV exposure would benefit you, your company? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, because the whole I mean, it, it benefits in many ways. I mean. Obviously, the brand of NWA is the main priority, you know, to get that exposure and, and try to get it to a, a more of a, a known to the, I guess, the common fan, you know, I mean, because obviously, you know, fanatics of, of pro wrestling who, you know, who watch it and eat and breathe it, obviously know who the NWA is and TNA and WWE. The NWA is not looking to compete with any any of those companies. The NWA believes that we have our own product and, it, you know, we're happy with what we have and we're not trying to compete with anybody. We're doing what we're doing. They're doing what they're doing. And it, it helps our company in the fact that, you know, at the TV Champions, you, you, you have the Border Patrol, Derek Sanders and Nathan Rules. You have Oliver John. You have Tito Aquino, Mr. Wrestling Number 4, JJ Perez. They're all going to be on television, you know, and they're all going to be working TV matches and getting TV experience and working with different people and, and, and giving them the opportunity to work in situations they don't normally work. You can only work, you know, in one place for so long with the same people before you hit a rut. And sometimes in life, you need a, a little bit of a spark, you know, to, to lead you in different directions. And working TV matches by far is is one of those things. And when you walked into this NWA TV tapings, it just wasn't a, a building, you know, where, hey, there's some cameras and some fans and go at it. If you actually have seen the pictures or you were down there, anyone can vouch. They had a beautiful, beautiful set, interview era, pipe and drape, you know, on the right path, and I can't be thankful enough, you know, to be a part of it and have all the guys that I, that I take down there, you know, get so much exposure because I think it's a blessing for all of us involved. You know, not just for me as person revolution, but our area as well. Obviously, you know, these guys aren't, you know, my concrete guys. Obviously, everyone uses this talent, and I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be a benefit to everybody involved. But obviously, person revolution because obviously. Uh, we're the NWA sanction company down here, and uh, our names tag along with those guys. Mm, very good. Yeah. The thing, you know, I've been on the bandwagon for almost a year now. Okay. I first jumped on, and I am staying, and I completely agree with you. Because I, I feel, my heart of hearts, the NWA will be a viable third brand. And I, I agree that they're, they're not going to compete. They don't need to. They do their own thing. You know, you guys are running, making money. Guys and boys are making money. You know, you guys getting exposure, sponsors, all that fun stuff. You know, you don't really need to compete. You just need to be yourself. You know, and I think that's what's missing nowadays is there, there isn't much variety. And judging by what I read about the tapings and your shows and also Jesse's shows down south, Jeff's, it's 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 not the same product, but it's the general same product, and you guys have pretty much the same vision. And I think that it's it's time for a change. And you know, honestly, you guys are doing really good work. You know, and you guys are putting on shows that people want to see. And you know, you look at your gate receipts, Gabe. They don't lie. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I see those numbers. I'm like, okay, we haven't seen these numbers for years of here. 
you know, and I mean, you know, this place has been dry for a while, but now, you know, there's companies all over. Everybody's doing their thing. You know, everybody's, you know, the guys are working regularly, which is good for everybody. <clears throat> now, you you have the King City show in February, and right. you have Santa Maria in March. I have, well, it's it, well, the, I have it in June, and as we speak right now, we are close to signing the contract. We should have another show prior to the June show in Santa Maria in in uh, in March. So we have Saturday, you know, January. We have San Francisco. We have King City in February. Um, if everything goes correct as planned, we'll have Santa Maria in March. Um, if everything uh, is goes as scheduled, we should be in Las Vegas in April. Um, hopefully in Reno in May, and then Santa Maria again in June. Damn, getting busy, brother. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I mean, no, I, I always, you know, I, I got into pro wrestling, you know, when I first started, you know, for the mere fact that I wanted to, to, to be a part of it, and uh, now, you know, the time has come to either you do it or you don't do it, you know, I, and I, I can no longer, you know, follow someone else's lead. I got, you know, I got to set my own lead for people behind me, like you know, when I first started, and you know, I, I enjoy what I do, you know, and I'm very fortunate to have a, a supporting cast. You know that helps me out with these shows, and so I can't be thankful enough. But I mean, that's just the first six months that we got scheduled out. We, you know, in June we should also have San Francisco. So we have in June we'll have Santa Maria. We should have San Francisco and maybe Bakersfield. So we might have three shows in June. So we'll wait and see. And in May we have two shots in Reno. Double shot. Yes, we have May second and May third in Reno. Cool. May I ask what building you're going to use? We're going to be part of uh, the Cinco de Mayo celebration. And uh, as of right now, uh, the only thing I know that it will be something to do with the Golden Nugget. So we don't know if we'll be at the Golden Nugget or we're going to be part of the festival somewhere else. But, I mean, it, it's going to be part of and definitely a complete experience that they're, they're getting together in Reno for that uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. Awesome. That should be fun. Wrestling and poker. Can't go wrong with that. Wrestling and black, wrestling and black, blackjack. <laughs> Tremendous. I, I'm now, too uh, impatient to play poker. I mean, I got to play blackjack where it's you're in and out. It's either you win or you lose, and you got to move on. I'm very impatient to sit there and try to read faces. Forget it. You know, hit me, don't hit me, push and give my money. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> nice and easy. So tell me, when you when you ran Vegas the last time, um, how was that experience and and how did you, did you how did you draw and how did the uh, the fans respond? You know, Vegas was you know not silly you know uh, the typical show that we had been doing you know with Revolution up to that point and then afterwards. This was you know in conjunction with Cauliflower Alley, so basically a lot of the talent was there you know and and, and to help out Cauliflower you know and wouldn't have you know promoting you know like we had in prior shows. The show fell on my lap last minute, and I can only do so much when you only got two weeks. In that month, I was doing Santa Maria, San Francisco, then we then I added Las Vegas, and I was very, very, really overwhelmed, you know. But the draw was about 300 people, maybe, you know, and and a lot of that fan base, you know, even though it's a small number, like 300. I mean, to me, that's very small, you know, 
you know, I'm not going to complain. You know, I take it any day. It, anything's better than zero, obviously. But when you have 300 people and, and some of the faces in that crowd, like Terry Funk and Pat Patterson and Nick Boswinkel, you know, I'll take that 300 any day. You know, and and that was, you know, the whole idea is getting the guys an opportunity to work in, in front of uh, some people that can, you know, make a change in your career or, or guide you in the right direction or give you some tips that, you know, could, could change the way you look at wrestling and maybe uh, give you a better opportunity somewhere else. And it was a great experience. I mean, I can't say I loved everyone that I worked there with because obviously I had my run-ins, you know, well, I had my run-in with, one individual there that I, you know, if I if I never see you again, that'll be you know, <laughs> that'll be too soon, you know. But uh, I mean, Oliver John and uh, Bill Shizaki, I, I tell you, it was an incredible, incredible match. Very, very, very stiff. I mean, when the end result is a standing ovation, and in that standing ovation are Pat Patterson and Nick Bockwinkel, Harley Race, and and Terry Funk. I mean, you 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 can't shake your head at that. You know, I'll take that standing ovation any day, and I'm pretty sure everybody else would as well. Now, you're, you've used Goshiyazaki in the past. Um, Correct. Are there any plans to use any other uh, Japanese pro wrestlers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had Goshiyazaki in mind to do our November show, but by the time I, I talked uh, to his agent, he was already booked in, in Canada, so I wasn't able to pull that off. You know, But I do plan on bringing Goshiyazaki again in this year before he hits back to Japan. And uh, I'm definitely trying to, you know, to bring in some Japanese talent. You know, I, I'm a huge fan, you know, of Japanese, you know, wrestling, and, and I definitely want, the, you know, that portion to be a part of what I'm doing here. I am currently talking to, you know, some people and, you know, schedules and, and time timelines and, and money because a lot of the time this talent is very, very expensive. So in order, in order for me to bring in that talent, I had to make sure that I, uh, I'm willing to either lose it or hopefully try to make money from it. Now, in a in a perfect world, okay, what two Japanese pro wrestlers would you love to have work your show? Oh man, that's uh, that's difficult to say just two. You know, my influence. What was the reason? You know, I'm a huge fan of many different styles of Japanese wrestling. You know, I mean, I would love you know to uh have you know Misawa and Kabashi and Kawada, you know, I would love to have, you know, uh, Ultimo Dragon, Sasuke, you know, all those. I mean I would love, you know, to see, you know, any of the talent, Jushin Lager, you know, I would love to see it. You know, I also would love to have uh you know uh got uh what's his name now? Uh Kiko san you know, uh Ebitaro. I'd love to have him out here as well. I, I think he's he's a more, he's very underrated and I feel people think just because he he does a lot of comedy you know, that's all he can do, but uh, he's an incredible wrestler as well, and I would love to have him out here as well. I, I love the Japanese product, you know. I mean, not all of it is great. Obviously, they, they do have, you know, some stuff that, you, you know, are, it's left to be desired, but a lot of this stuff, you know, they do have out there is incredible, and if I could ever have some of those people on my show, it definitely would be something that, you know, that I'd be very proud of. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Dragon Gate and the Young Bucks. Uh, when are we going to see Matt and Nick up here? You tell me. You know, you tell me. Uh, they're very, I mean, their schedule has definitely uh, skyrocketed from when I first started using them. You know, I'm very proud of them. I mean, they uh, they definitely uh, went out of their way and uh, worked as much as possible. And they, they they found a way to make themselves, you know, noticed. 
you know, because obviously they have the ability, but they went on and worked the right places and worked as much as possible, and they got noticed, and and uh, they worked for PWG, and the right people saw them, and, you know, the rest is history. I'd love to have them. You know, I'd love to have the Young Bucks on, on the shows. I think they're incredibly talented. And if the opportunity comes up where their schedule frees up and they're, and they're willing to, to work the shows, you know, by all means, I'd love to have them on here. But, uh, now, who, who, who would you pair them with up here in a tag match? You know, the, the hard part about uh, indie wrestling right now is, is the fact that there is no tag teams, and there's not really many tag teams that you can really say are a legitimate tag team. Like, you know, the Ballard Brothers obviously have been tagging for quite some time, and the Young Bucks do it. And You know, right now, on one of the tag teams that, um, that I've formed, you know, that I think would be a great match with the Young Bucks – Obviously, Rocket Love, you know, could definitely, you know, put on a great match with them. But I think uh, I have this new tag team, you know, uh, they go by the Latin Explosion. That's uh, Ulysses and El Amante. And I think uh, those two would have a great showing with the Young Bucks. And it's just a matter of time, you know, of uh, making sure El Amante is a 100%, you know, from uh, his knee. And right now he's in, he's in fine shape. But before I put him, you know, in a situation to wrestle the Young Bucks, I want to make sure that he's 100%. So he has the ability to show everybody else that, you know, he does he does have ability, you know, for everybody else to notice. Yeah, I've never seen him. I've seen Ulysses. Ulysses is brilliant. He reminds me a lot of of a Rey Mysterio type after Rey lost his mask in WCW, where he kind of slowed down a bit, but still did the, the, you know, the flashy lucha stuff, but he did slow down a little bit. He's got a lot of talent. I love watching Ulysses. He is so fun. Um, I'm really surprised that he's not working more. Um, did he happen to go down for the NWA tapings? No. No. no? I, you know, um, the thing about the NWA tapings is that, you know, you can only imagine how many people actually want to take part in that, you know. And you have so many NWA companies that want to come down and, and do the, the, the events and want to send their wrestlers to represent their company. So, I mean, I, I was, I'm very fortunate that I had the number of wrestlers on the show as it is, so it's very difficult for me to try to bring everybody on. But I did speak, you know, to um, both him and Lamante, and I told him for the next set of TV tapings, I definitely would like to bring them down and show a different side of, of Pro Wrestling Revolution. Obviously, they've seen Border Patrol. They've seen what we have already. But I want to show them that we have more than just that. So hopefully, um, if things go well, and go as planned. They'll be part of the next TV tapings, uh, if you know, if it's possible. Because man, it's a lot of competition out there. It's a lot of guys coming down from many areas that that are very talented, and they're all fighting to get on these TV tapings. So you'd be surprised when you go in that locker room. You know, yeah, you have a lot of guys wrestling, but you'd be surprised how many people are backstage just waiting to get a, you know their name called to to get on and and do do what they do. You know, so there's a lot of talent back there. A lot of talent. Now, you, you have the Border Patrol. You have Oliver John, Nathan Rules, and Derek Sanders. Right. Now, what, are there any plans to bring in a fourth member? Because I'm sure Modest still has the outfit in his closet. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I think... You, uh, you know where I'm going, brother. You know where I'm going with this. You, you need to catch up Revolution shows. Let me get to pick up some DVDs, brother. But uh, uh, we had a Nini debut in San Jose who, who wrestled as... You know, mini border patrol. So we ha- we do have a mini now as part of the border patrol. Oh no! <laughs> Shit! Oh boy, I'm gonna have to do some shopping. <laughs> we have uh, it was mini border patrol taking on Otagoncito, 
and the mini border patrol definitely was definitely not liked to say the least. <laughs> Have you ever seen any other gimmick up here get the type of heat that the border patrol gimmick has gotten? No matter who was doing it, either Max or uh, Mike Donovan or Derek or Nathan. Have you ever seen any act like that up here get that kind of heat, with the exception of Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero? Well, I mean, as far as you know, on independent level, um, no, I haven't. You know, uh, on the indie level, as far as you know, in our area, I, I haven't seen it. You know, in that nature, you know, when we were in Santa Maria, I mean, Nathan and, and Derek literally had, after their match, you know, they definitely had to run out of the building. You know. I mean, no disrespect, but, you know, it's not common these, these wrestlers get to wrestle in front of thousands of people, you know, when they work shows. They're accustomed to wrestling in front of 100, 50, you know, whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with that. It's any wrestling. It is what it is. But we had a really, really packed house in Santa Maria, and uh, they weren't happy with the Border Patrol. And I can tell you that Nathan looked up, and he had nails. I don't know what it was. It was a Pepsi or, or who knows, but he, they were getting popped with garbage. They just weren't happy. And... and they were smiling, and I asked them, I go, why are you guys smiling? They go, man, this is incredible. We love it. And I'm like, well, no, I don't love it. Get out of here because you're about to cause a riot. Get out of here. And they're like, no, that's what we want. I'm like, no, that's not what you do. That's, that's not what I want, you know what I mean? Because the, 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 the heat out there was just, you know, genuine. You know, they just did not like the Border Patrol. They didn't like the name. They don't like the, the look. They don't like the music. They just hated them. And that's very rare to, to have that because, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, it's easy to be a baby face. Sometimes it's easy to be a heel, but the, the, the anger and the, and the frustration that gets generated by these fans when the border book comes out, it's, it's hard to describe, and it's hard to even try to duplicate. You know, I mean, I don't know if, if I can do that again with another tag team. You know, I think uh, it's obvious why they have the heat that they do, but, God, you know, town to town, we have the same reaction from San Jose, Santa Maria, to Bakersfield, to San Francisco. The, the hatred for the Border Patrol is there. Unanimously, they do not like the Border Patrol, period. There you go. <clears throat> I got to tell you, brother, I can't wait to see him tomorrow. I just, I can't wait to see him tomorrow. Are you I coming to the show? Oh, yes, of course. I will definitely be there. Definitely. <clears throat> Getting to see Sidereal outside of San Diego? Oh, come on. I shouldn't have to travel to go see one of my favorite independent wrestlers uh, work. So, for twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, no shit, no, dude. Yes, yeah, and drive. Long haul, man. It's a long haul, but uh, you know, it just everyone should keep in mind that you know, just as hard as it is for us to drive to San Diego, it is equally as hard for these wrestlers to drive down, you know, from San Diego, arrive and 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 not be tired from that long drive and and put on the best possible match they can and then head right back. You know, so I'm sure these guys are ready, and, you know, they're going to bust their butts just like they do for Jeff and everywhere else where they work at. Well, I think that the, that four-way um, is going to really open some eyes. Um, just, I, I don't know what it is about Sidereal. I mean, you know, his work is tight. You know, he can do pretty much everything. Um, I am really hoping that, that he gets over because I'd like to see him, you know, up towards the top of the card. Uh, were you able to see the match that he had with Oliver John at the tapings? You know, I it, I saw part of it, you know, but when you have so much stuff going on backstage, you know, you only catch so much of the actual matches. 
you know, but I mean, I did see part of, you know, but I did talk to the guys and, and I got feedback from everyone and everyone, you know, felt very comfortable, you know, with their abilities and, and I'm looking forward to see what they can do. I mean, there's so many talented wrestlers out there, you know, they can do so many things. It just, it's just a matter of uh, them hooking up with the right promotion or the right company or the right promoter to, uh, to bring the best out of them and give them the exposure they need for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the industry to take notice. You know, all it is just, you know, letting people know that you're there. And if you have the ability, you know, and you're that good, then it's just a matter of time before, you know, you know, you explode. And for example of that is the Young Bucks, you know, exactly. young team, their brothers, and they busted their butt, you know, stayed out of the BS and kept working and kept working and kept putting on great matches wherever they went. You know, it's just a matter of time that the right people saw them and said, hey, you know, I think we can do some good things with you in Japan. And lo and behold, they went to Dragon Gate and made a name for themselves. You know, good for them. You know, that's what that's the way it's supposed to work. You know, and good for them. They've done stuff with WWE as well, and they've done dark matches, and they've done TV matches. I mean, they've come a long way, and, you know, and they'll continue to do it. You know, who knows what may be in store for them. But as long as you keep working hard and do what you do and, and do it the best of your ability... It's just a matter of time before things happen for you. Now, is there is there any talent up here in Northern California that that you have your eye on to to use? And I'm talking also uh, Fresno, Modesto, uh, Sacramento, you know, all of Northern California. Is there anybody that you have your eye on that you just want to, hey, I got to get this guy on a show? You know, God, that's a tough question because I don't I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody's feelings. I, yeah, I understand I mean, that, but. You know, I mean, you know, who am I to say if you're good or bad? You know, I'm just a promoter, and, you know, I promote what I think works. Uh, from a fan standpoint, because, Gabe, I know you're still a fan. I know you're still oh. a fan. Okay. Me? I think J.D. Bishop should be all over California. It's crying shame that guy is not. J.D. Big Ugly is, you know, one of the best in the state, and I don't understand why he's not, you know, working around other places. You know, and there there are other talents out there, but I understand. You know, you are you know you do have a budget as well. You can only use so many so many guys and trans and all that fun stuff. I don't even want to try to figure that. So, out. You know, I mean, look at the card for Saturday and tell me who you want to take off the show to be replaced with somebody else. Chimera. Okay. Who would you replace them with? You know, what I mean, I mean, look at. Mr. Ruffin, okay. Mr. Ruffin, injury reserve, you know. But Mr. Ruffin, four. Who would you bump him with? Who would you bump Oliver John with? Who would you bump Richard Saeed with? Who would you bump Rain with? Derek Sanders, Nathan Rules, Ulysses, MPT, Michael Modest. Who would you replace those guys with? You know, John Strongman John Anderson. I mean, who would you replace those guys with? It's very difficult to actually say, hey, you know, there's a guy out there that you are not using that can totally do what you're looking for. It's difficult. I'm at, a loss. I'm at a loss for words, and you got me. You know. And I'm mad, I mean, mad enough to admit you got me. Now, it's not that, you know, because, I mean, there's still a lot of talented people that, you know, that I don't use. It's not because, you know, it's a personal vendetta or anything. I just don't use because I, I think I'm comfortable with the roster that I have. But there is a lot of talented people out there. You know, Adam Thornston, great freaking wrestler, great, talented. You know, absolutely a talented wrestler. That guy has been talented since the first day I saw him. And then I booked him, at, you know, in APW way back when. 
you know, and he's still talented now. He's even, you know, he's a very, very great worker. But, you know, he, uh, at the moment, you know, I have a roster, you know, that I, I'm comfortable with. doesn't mean that I don't want to use anybody else. I just, I'm very comfortable with what I have. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, as far as, now, if uh, Oliver John gets past Mr. Wrestling tomorrow night, um, what, what do the powers of be have in store for Mr. John? You know, Oliver John, you know, uh, is our, you know, our heavyweight champion, and uh, he's very proud to be our, our champion, but his vision is set on the world's NWA heavyweight title. You know, and that's what he wants. That's what he's going after, and he wants to have both the Revolution heavyweight title and the NWA world's title. And that's what he wants to go after, and obviously, you know, he does have Mr. Wrestling 4, you know, in front of him on Saturday, and if he does get past Mr. Wilson number four, then we'll see what happens for King City, depending on what the NWA board, you know, states. Maybe we can make that match, you know, a, a Wolves title. But at least I do have the control to make it a heavyweight, you know, title for the Revolution strap and uh, let um, Oliver John put his belt up against Blue Demon. You know, but uh, either way, belt or no belt, you know, Oliver John will take on Blue Demon in King City. Cool. Now, um, let me ask, what made go ahead, you... Ask me anything. Go ahead, man. Go for it. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I got to try to figure out how to say this. How, how did you come, come, to, come to the idea to put a pure, straight lucha match as the main event? How did I come up with the idea for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy. It's very easy. It's Protestant and Revolution. We're in San Francisco. And as a promoter, you got to be smart to your surroundings and, and know what the fans want and what they're willing to pay for. And from the last showing, when I had the Border Patrol take on the Lico de Rey Mysterio, Super Parca, and uh, Lico de Psicodélico, it was very, 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 you know, obvious to me and everybody else there that the fans, you know, definitely love Lucha Libre. They obviously love a lot of other things on the show, but, it, you know, when it came down to it, that's what they, you know, we're the most happiest with, you know. Uh, as a promoter, you got to be smart, you know. Again, I mean, we talked about this before. You can't always promote for what you want to see. You can't always promote for what your friends want to see. You can't always promote what your neighbor wants to see. You got to promote what the town wants, what your fan base wants to see. If you're smart enough to do it, you'll do it. And not always worry about egos. Not always worry about what somebody else wants to see. You got to be smart. It's a business. And if you can't promote what's best for the business, then you're in the wrong industry. Period. Mm-hmm. Now you're you're using NWA Mexico talent. You're using NWA talent. Um, when are we going to see El Dandy in your ring? <laughs> Damn it, El Dandy. You know what? I'll, I'll talk to um, to uh, to Rosa. She's uh, my my lucha libre correspondent, and I'll, I'll ask her. You know, where are the whereabouts of El Dandy? And uh, if it's possible, I'll give you a call. And if you flip the bill, we'll have him on the show. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Zombie, zombie, you know what? Well, I'll, I'll make one even better. If you flip the bill, we'll, we'll do Adam Pierce versus El Dandy. How about that? Son of a bitch. Now you're twisting my arm, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when are we going to see Adam up here again, brother? You know what? It's, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time, you know. I, uh, 
I mean, I, I know Adam for a while now, I, you know, from even from back to King of Indies. But I'll tell you what, there was a match that took place at the TV tapings where it was Oliver John and Adam Pierce taking on American Dragon and Brent Albright. And that, by far, was one of the best matches that I think I've seen live in a very, very long time. You know, it was absolutely magic, you know, what they, what they put on. And when that match finally airs, I'd make sure that, you know, if you're a fan of, of good wrestling, then you got to make every effort to watch that match because what they did, it was absolutely incredible. And again, you know, for, for Oliver John, this was the first time stepping in the ring with American, you know, Dragon and, and Brent Albright. And, you know, that's what makes Oliver John so special, that he can jump in the ring with just about anybody, including a mop, and have a great, great match. Yeah, I've... I've I've uh, really put over Oliver John Strong. Um, just a really great guy. He's there's a handful of guys, you know, that you throw on a show and it's like boom, I'm there. That's it. And he's one of them. Modest, of course. Pierce, Dragon, Albright. Now these guys, I know that they're busy with other commitments, but um. Is there any chance that we'll we'll see you know American Dragon again out here? Or yes. No, that's you know at one point or another you know in this year depending you know I'm not I can't guarantee which area, but I, my plans are to definitely have a American Dragon um, or Brent Albright you know or a combination of both you know on the show. I mean um, watching American Dragon wrestle live you know always reminds me of why I love pro wrestling. You know, uh, what he does in the ring is just, you know, incredible. And for the people that get to watch him on a regular basis, you, you, you know, count your blessings because there's very few people like American Dragon. Very few people. That guy is just phenomenal, you know, in everything he does. He's so detailed. It's, you know, it's incredible. I mean, and it's this, you know, a lot of people call him, the, you know, the best in the world. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to argue that. There you go. There you go. People argue back and forth, back and forth. Who's the best? Who's the best? Then someone brings up Brian Danielson. Then the conversation ends. <laughs> that's that's you the know, and, he's, he's, and, and if you ask him, you know, he's so humble. He'll tell you, nah, you know, I'm just a guy who, who likes what he does, and that's it. You know, he's so humble. And I think uh, his attitude outside the ring is what, you know, what makes him that much special. Yeah, he seems to have a level head. You know, you yeah. never hear about... You know, American Dragon punching out a fan like Austin Aries did. You, you don't hear about that. He's that's class. Yeah, I, that's. I don't know. I, everyone has their own thoughts and feelings. I know on on fans and wrestlers, and but uh, it's very unfortunate that happened. Yeah, that was kind of not. A, I think it was no pun intended, but it was a pretty bad black eye for the for the sport. I think. But uh, well, yeah, no pun intended. I don't. I don't think. Uh, you know. Uh, that alone has enough enough uh, merit to, to give a black eye to the sport. I think, if anything, it gives a black eye to himself. And, uh, you know, as a whole, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the fans and our, you know, should not be allowed to uh, to touch the wrestlers, obviously, you know. and and But doesn't make it okay for the wrestlers to return and knock somebody out either. You know, two wrongs will make a right. And, uh, you know, as a promoter, you know, I would never allow that. You know, I would lose it because, you know, 
the guy paid his money. Now, obviously, if he knocks you out and in, in, in what have you, well, it's very unfortunate. You know, what would happen in baseball or the NBA? You know, what what would happen, you know, if a fan, you know, hit you? Well, obviously, you know, you wouldn't see the – hopefully you wouldn't see the, the professional athlete go after the fan. You know, security would come in and, and kick the guy out, and he never comes back. You know, but what happens to the sport, you know, if – if wrestlers are, you know, or anyone as an athlete, you know, as a fan, you got to watch out because they might snap and come after you. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it for the company. It's not worth it for the athletes. It's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, if the show's over and you're at a bar or whatever, well, then, you know, that's different. But if you're at the show and, and emotions are running high and, and people are booing you and fans love what they do, well, then you you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Now, obviously, if it hits you, you know, or, you know with a chair or, Something over the top, okay, that's that's different, but it still doesn't. It doesn't mean it's open season on the fan because he touched you. I mean, that's that's a little bit uh, absurd if you ask me. And that's just my opinion. I mean, who the hell am I? But obviously, I, I it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. It 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 does no good. Period. You know, after said and done, if you knocked out a fan, I mean, what what did you gain from it? You know, what did you really gain? You know, it, to me, it makes no sense. Well. We are out of time, Gabe. I got to wrap up. Why does everybody else get a two-hour show? I only get twenty minutes, man. What's up with that? <laughs> I got to watch CSI with my wife. Ah, man, wife, you're always getting in the way. Hey, always hey, getting in the way. I, I got to play the game, brother, so I can go out tomorrow night. Okay. Well, you know what, man? Anytime you guys uh, need something to talk about and what have you, I'd love to be part of the show. You know, I have a lot more to share than just Boston Revolution. I've been doing this for about 13 years. So if you guys want to just talk and in, in talk wrestling, by all means, man, feel free to look me up. Cool. Well, we'll have to hit you up. Let's uh, let's uh, plug that site again. It would be Pro Wrestling Revolution or Pro Wrestling Revolution dot com. That's right. And you can uh, catch the show tomorrow night at the John O'Connell High School in San Francisco. What time's the bell? Bell time is seven o'clock. Doors open at six. You know, tickets are first come first serve. You know, general mission tickets are 10, rings are 20, but if you buy them early, they're 10 and 20. If you buy them at the door, they are 15 and 25. And if you want to buy tickets online, go to, you know, to our website, ProRussian-Revolution.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see live events. Click on there, get your tickets. You know, don't forget, last show did sell out, you know, and people did walk up to the door, ask for a ticket, and, and I had to tell them, sorry, we're, you know, we're sold out. You know, but uh, by all means, yeah, I'd love to have that same problem happen again on Saturday. But please, you know, come out. Support the show, you know, support your favorite wrestlers, whether it just be for Revolution or for Lucha or for the mere fact that you just love pro wrestling. Come on out. I'd love to have you. And look us up. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for your time, Gabe. It was a real fun conversation. And, uh, Thank you. Hopefully I will uh, see you tomorrow at your gimmick table. <laughs> I'll, have a, I'll open a tap for you. What do you say, huh? <laughs> Uh, no, I still need to close mine from Wrestle Warehouse, so okay. I'm done with that right, one. Well, thank you so much for the time, man. It was great talking, uh, wrestling with you. You know, you definitely you know have a lot to, to to give back. So thank you for having me on. And don't forget, guys. You know, we have a, you know a lot of stuff going on. You know, more than just Saturday. So please, you know, follow the website and uh, give us feedback. You know, whatever you guys think we're doing right, let me know. We we think if you think we're doing it wrong, let me know as well. You know, I'm not perfect, so I always want to hear back from the fans and and, and people around me. Awesome. Gabe, thank you for your time and good luck on your show tomorrow. Hopefully you have to turn people away. Yes. Jeez. So get there early. Awesome. 
Awesome. But thanks for coming on. We'll have to have you on again uh, soon, soon, so we can uh, talk more NWA, brother. You got it. Thank you. All right. Take care, Gabe. Have a good night. Uh, All right. That was the owner-operator of Pro Wrestling Revolution, Gabe Ramirez. Uh, Geez, Gabe and I, we go back to 1997. We've seen it all. So um, if you're anywhere, Northern California, Central California, check out the show tomorrow. John O'Connell High School, San Francisco. Uh, you have the Mysterios on top. Uh, you got all kinds of different workers. You got Modest. You have Oliver John. Uh, you have the guys from San Diego. You guys need to come and see Sidereal in action. Um, this kid is amazing. I can't put him over enough. Um, but uh, that should we're going to wrap up here. Let's uh, plug the sponsors: WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you can check out the Ballard Brothers shoot interview, the Michael Modest shoot interview, and right now up for order, the Tracy Smothers shoot interview from last year, 2008. From what I hear, it's insane. Um, you can also get Lucha Libre masks that Mr. Bergen talked about earlier. Um, you can get T-shirts, all kinds of different swag from there. Also, you can uh, check out our other sponsor, SlamBamJam.com, for current and classic Lucha, current and classic uh, Japanese pro wrestling. Last but not least, FogCityWrestling.com. Fog City had a show this past weekend, which from what I heard was pretty damn good. I couldn't get out there uh, due to family commitments, but yeah, Fog City is still doing their thing, so you can check them out, FogCityWrestling.com. Um, you can hit us on MySpace, MySpace.com backslash RubberGuardRadio. Uh, if you're one of the boys, promoter, manager, ring announcer, um, trainer, whatnot, hell, even maybe an old-school fan, uh, you can hit me up at the MySpace. I'll see if we can get you booked for the show. Or you can email me directly, K-I-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E-2000 at AOL.com. Um, oh, yeah, WrestlingObserver.com, best $10 a month you get. You can ever spend. You get the Observer online as well as the Figure 4 newsletter online every week. Uh, that should be a... Oh, also, uh, tomorrow night <clears throat> on, on the blogtalkradio.com backslash Edward Laredo would be the Drunk Cast, number 29. Uh, you need to check out Ed's show. Um, Ed has a bunch of different guests, and uh, he's had Claudio on, he's had Larry Sweeney, he's had uh, Brent Albright, um, uh, Evan Bourne, Roderick Strong, uh, you need to check out the drunk cast. I, it's slipping. Oh, he's having less la- less Thatcher on tomorrow. Um, yeah, that should be a fun show. So uh, much love to you, Ed. Also, uh, keep your eyes out at AngryMarks.com for the Angry Marks podcast. They're on tonight as well. Uh, you can download them at AngryMarks.com. And also keep your eyes out for Big D and the Super Friends. They're on Tuesday nights. You can get all that information at the AngryMarks.com. Uh, That should do it from here. I will talk to you guys next week.